Today is Tuesday, October 27th. The title for our devotional is Called to Be Different, Part 2. Yesterday we started talking about how we should first consider who God is calling us to be before we consider what God is calling us to do. Today we're going to continue with this topic. This is one of the primary themes in the book of Ephesians. In chapter 4, Paul transitions from his theological basis for the Ephesian believers being called to Jew-Gentile unity in the church to a description of how they should live in light of this theology. Ephesians 4.1 simply says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. This statement itself implies that their actions, that is, how they are to live, what they are to do, should be in line with their identity, who they are. And that's how Paul uses the words calling and called in this context. They were called to be in Christ. In Colossians 3, we see the same thing. In a long list of imperatives, Paul tells the Colossian believers in verses 9 through 10, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. The reason that they ought not lie to one another is based in their newfound identity in Christ. They have put off the old self and put on the new self. G.K. Chesterton once said, All evil comes from enjoying what we ought to use and using what we ought to enjoy. I've been wrestling with this statement a lot over the past few weeks, trying to decide if it's true or not. Whether or not all evil can be linked to this, I don't know, but I think the premise is helpful here. If our concept of God is that he only wants to use us instead of enjoy a relationship with us, we will be left with a performance-driven concept of attaining God's approval. In our performance-driven culture, this is like an alcoholic living above a bar. What happens then is we begin to view our work for God, things like volunteering, giving, attending church, etc., as efforts to gain His approval. The foundation of our relationship with God isn't found in simply who we are and who He is, It is based in what work God can get out of us. In this false equation, we not only view God's acceptance of us as contingent upon what we do for him, but we also view our acceptance of God as contingent upon what he does for us. This becomes a terribly utilitarian relationship with God. God to us becomes someone to use for our own ends and benefits instead of a loving Heavenly Father to enjoy and relate to. We love and serve God not for who He is, but solely for what He does for me. Then the moment God stops giving us what we want and life gets hard, we run to something or someone else who can provide what we most desire in that moment. Sadly, many of us not only approach our relationship with God this way, but also our relationships with one another. This, however, could not be further from the truth. We do not do good things to earn God's approval. No, we have been given God's approval, so we do good things. Paramount to God's call is us being made new, not the work we do for God. Who we become in Christ is more important 
than what we do for Christ. For additional content today, I've included an interview that I did with Bevan Dawson, our Connection Director here at church, where he talks about how he views his work as formative for his faith and the faith of others. Enjoy. How do you disciple others through your work uh, and help others see Christ um, and grow in their faith with Him? And how do you grow in your faith and in your communion with God through your work? Yeah, so I really like people. Uh, that's, a, that's a big part of my life. I really like, uh, in general, just people in general. So I like being around them. Um, but I, I love using work. Re- work really fleshes out struggle like regular life doesn't. Um, so I love working next to people uh, and letting them go through their struggles so that we can talk about what comes up when they step their toe. The words that come out of their mouth next are often an indication of how things are going in their life or something like that. So um, I just thought it gives you a, a lot of opportunities to to open up to each other through, because through work, for some reason, when especially men work, we our, our guard comes down. And uh, it's just a weird thing about, about us guys. Um, and when our guard comes down, I love being there and uh, being able to, to bring that topic back to Christ. And uh, I don't know. Work is just, it's, it's a weird thing. I didn't used to like it when I was a kid, to be clear. I hated work. I was the worst employee of all time. But now that I'm, now that I'm older, I see the value that, man, work really exposes who you are and it gives you a chance to grow in ways that, you know, just walking through life in some other capacity just doesn't. I've been on a number of job sites. Like when I was in high school, I worked into wood flooring and stuff. And they're not, they're not, I don't know, how would you describe them? They're not, not, not God-honoring often, they're, yeah. They're not the most wholesome places <laughs> to find yourself. Um, and I think that's so cool for you to bring bring conversations about Christ, bring bring God into a job site that is often just kind of a dark place. Um, and it's where pe- people's true self gets exposed, like you said, and it's often... It's often not uh, pointing towards Christ, so um, I guess I don't know. I guess talk talk about that a little bit. Is there anything, is there anything in there that you want to add? Yeah, just I think bringing it back to that's that's the small picture, and the big picture is the is kind of the same. Um, So um, that we take ourselves and these, you know, that we're kind of we're kind of broken in need of rehab in in a lot of ways, but. The buildings that we've been redoing um, here at church and across the street at the at the old bar that is turning co-working space. That's uh, we see these old things that just were people used to come and just like experience no life and death and like the the job site lifestyle. You know, so I worked a I was a commercial electrician for the first um, you know ten years of my uh, working life, and uh, I learned some neat words. In that uh, in that lifestyle, but um, but I also learned like I don't think this is this is right. Like we're building things, but it's not bringing life necessarily to things. And so I think that's where like my faith and my secular life will say kind of started merging. And I found that the need for that. And I I love the idea of in our lives and in our our buildings and in our work and in the art we do and in the relationships we make that um, there's pieces of that that are that are kind of you know not redeemed yet, not not fully alive. And we have the chance 
in our, while we make it beautiful, does it bring life into that? And that's in, in ourselves. And I think that's neat. In closing today, do you view the work that you do for God as achieving his approval? Or do you view yourself as having God's approval so you can then work for him without fear of rejection? I hope this sets you free from any legalism or performance-driven standards of acceptance that you perceive God has for you. On the other side of the equation, are you loving God for who he is? Or do you only love him because of what he gives you? Also, examine your relationships with others. Is there anyone close to you that you're relating to out of a purely utilitarian mindset? You're only loving them and in relationship with them for what they give you. Repent and strive to cherish them for who they are.